Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are intelligent. You make all the right decisions. You were smart before smart was cool, and you made it cool again. You have a wealth of knowledge, and you are so very clever. <laughs> I bet you already knew I was going to say that, you genius. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you hear you could save big when you switch to progressive. But I'm pretty sure you already knew that, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. HD Smartcast. You are listening to a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. I think, with uh, no exception, many markets uh, have seen the banking business model being challenged by uh, disruptors. In markets like Europe and UK, you had regulation sort of promoting the idea of alternates like PSD2 and open banking. Similarly, in Australia, you had Royal Commission that was encouraging the need for an alternate system or for the need for banks to open up and foster innovation. Um, we will definitely see that happening in India too. Uh, but banks definitely have learned uh, to not just cope up with that amount of uh, uh, disruption, but also in many cases overcome it. I uh, I can refer to a bank that uh, exists in Europe, I can't name it, uh, mm-hmm. who ended up creating a digital uh, challenger uh, within their own uh, umbrella, with their own funding, uh, to counter the threat from disruptors intended um, primarily to deliver a very thin proposition for a segment of customers like an MSME or a wealthy segment, uh, but matching, exceeding in many cases what a a disruptor would have done. Uh, So I don't have statistics handy, but but what I do recollect is that uh, non-banks have a fairly low percentage of Um, the lending business in India today, uh, which presents an interesting proposition that there is significant room for growth for the non-banks, but also a significant leeway for banks to get their act right and make sure that they have a leg up over anyone else wanting to get into that space. So yes, the business model is a stable one, endowed with trust as one of its USPs, uh, but we will see different uh, business models uh, evolve. So the traditional uh, business model, which was about producing, a, manufacturing a product and distributing it by yourself, will perhaps give way to specialization where some banks may just focus on credit decisioning and wholesaler of funds, not do the distribution by themselves to actually uh, those who will thrive in just the distribution side of the house and don't do any manufacturing at all to those who want to become platform players. So the business models will continue to evolve. Um, We do not know which way it will go. But from a technology standpoint, we have seen Salesforce addressing any of these varieties of business models in financial services and banking that have come about. Globally, there are many examples, one of which Vikrant referred to. While it's not a bank, but DMI Finance uh, is a non-bank that is largely focused on uh, the the credit decisioning side of the house and now going on to the distribution side. So we will see many more of these uh, happen in the Indian context. Right. Uh 
Vikrant, would you like to add to that? Uh, I mean, talk uh, generally about how, how uh, with the experience of uh, other markets and uh, how can they can be warning signs for the Indian uh, big banks, so to say. So, actually, if you see the uh, the first question that we started with dis- uh, our discussion with, that the big elephant is actually innovation and not so much uh, versus banks versus non-banks or anybody else. Uh, on this topic as well, there are banks who are, uh, uh, with agility, changing their business model. Like uh, the example that uh, Kiran took, that somebody floated uh, a bank within a bank, which is the to fight the disruptors. Uh, However, uh, what we are seeing more is the outcomes from the same set of banks are changing. And uh, they are geared for a newer outcome, uh, which uh, you may see in the light of, for example, an assisted journey with a human being uh, in a virtual relationship management form or uh, the completely straight-through processing product agnostic, uh, digital lending framework falling in place, uh, whether uh, you can you can actually lend yourself the category of products that you want to consume from wherever you are. So I think uh, the answer is not about uh, that the entire bank's business model change, but uh, specific to the lines of business, whether it's uh, assets, liabilities, or um, uh, or uh, wholesale banking, etc., the uh, the disruptive business model will, will be adapted and new products will come from the same large uh, uh, innovative banking companies. Thanks, Vikram. You know, this one question, uh, this is uh, really from my side. Uh, we, we often see that uh, there are some solutions in some sectors that work very well for others or can be sort of modified to work for others. Uh, is, there, is there any example that you could maybe think of uh, uh, any other sort of industry sector, maybe maybe a traditional legacy sector that has been able to make such a pivot on technology and being able to sort of uh, uh, fight off or, or, or maybe embrace a disruption in a much more uh, positive way? I mean, uh, is, there, is there anything that comes to your mind? So two of the sectors that we are consuming in crisis time are largest. Uh, the reason that we are on this platform is telecom. Uh, they've, they've actually... Okay. Uh, innovated a, a hugely, right from uh, distribution to product to packaging to be able to configure, uh, to be able to really truly work uh, in a m- omni-channel fashion. The second right. you see is the uh, the retail, the new face of retail, uh, whether it's in uh, e-commerce or even uh, a retail which is ba- getting baked in from Kirana store to uh, an aggregator to a consumer. Uh, and uh, underneath, there is a FinServe layer of uh, payment systems, uh, which, is, which is powering all this. Underneath, there is a layer on financing and working capital financing, which is powering all this, uh, is... Uh, is something which is in other sectors, but uh, fairly innovative, fairly fast track, and uh, you will find common threads uh, uh, across those industries. This is quite interesting. Um, this is similar to how the FMCG industry sort of innovated with the sachet, small ticket size sort of item, and a lot of industries picked up from that uh, after that. Um, uh, so the last question, uh, again, and this is a very direct question uh, it's on Facebook. I'm putting it up on the screen. So most banks, most of the large banks have invested heavily into CRM uh, technologies uh, many years ago, right? 
but this is not how we are. We are not uh, looking at this as CRM, right? I mean, how is Salesforce different? How? Uh, what is the uh, additional uh, value to the entire customer journey that you can bring to the bank that that will sort of make them look at it entirely differently? I can go uh, Vikram first, and would you want to add after that, or do you want to go first? I'll let Kiran take this uh, from perspective, and we can. All right, I I, I definitely want to. Uh, respond to that question uh, in the context of what is what was CRM intending to solve for, and where did it fail? Uh, and I think uh, this is an important one in the context of understanding um, why CRM systems did not work as well as they did. Okay, um, so I had a graphic also to buttress my point, but the first point to be noted is the purpose of most technology intervention, ironically is to reduce customer effort. Not very different in the context of a bank. Uh, so many banks invested into technology supposedly to delight customers. Uh, but the literature and the research that began uh, coming about five, six years ago uh, began pointing to the fact that stop delighting your customers. However, uh, uh, you know, blasphemous that sounded, uh, what it was intended to basically communicate to enterprises and banks was uh, you are better off driving a much lower effort that a customer expends in engaging with you. And therefore, you will find a lifelong customer in doing so. Okay. A bit of a, a counterintuitive position, but this is how uh, technology evolved. Um, and CRM technologies, unfortunately, miss this bus. Um, there are two dimensions out here that while technologies were intending to reduce customer effort, some of them ended up doing a trade-off by increasing the employee effort on the inside. Okay. Um, and uh, as our founder, Mark Benioff, likes to believe, the purpose of digital should be that there is absolutely no trade-off between these two dimensions. If I choose to reduce customer effort, it should not come at the expense of employee effort. It should be able to drive even employee effort down. So the whole uh, idea uh, behind uh, a technology like Salesforce is to move a bank to a point where both the effort of a customer to engage with the bank is low and the ability of an, uh, the effort that an employee on the inside of the bank chooses to uh, expand is also low. And that is the perfect equilibrium point for digital outcomes to be successful. In effect, what are we saying? Two things. One, that traditional CRM technologies failed because they did not reduce the employee effort as much as they should have. They ended up increasing a whole lot of burden on the users of CRM technology on the inside, number one. Number two, what it is also saying is that technologies like artificial intelligence and machine learning should have come to the fore to bring this trade-off to a zero. Okay, and the only way you can achieve this is by having smart technologies that reduce both the customer effort and the employee effort. A simple case in point is technologies that help a bank score a lead better, 
the ability for the technology to serve a customer better, understand their needs proactively, and to identify journeys that a customer's customer takes outside of the bank in uh, any many other aspects of their lives. Okay, so to your question. Yes, banks have embarked on CRM projects many times over, not once, not twice. But I think this is an inflection point where we can't run away from the employee effort dimension now. And this is clearly one uh, area. The second area, which I think Vikrant will touch upon, is also on the idea that most banks are now wanting to craft bespoke journeys for their customer. A little while earlier, we spoke about personalization, hyper-personalization, how do you make it come alive? You can't take a standard piece of technology and say, hey, I will now drive bespoke journeys for my customer. You need that something extra that you can use to mold experiences that drive that competitive advantage for your business. That comes from technologies like platforms, okay? Uh, it's not standard CRM, but adjunct to standard CRM that drives these bespoke experiences. We call it the platform approach to customer centricity, okay? And therefore, increasingly, the positioning of Salesforce is not CRM, but digital transformation. Uh, I think, Vikrant, you might want to add to this. Yeah, so if you take a visual on uh, uh, what we were wanting to talk, uh, Kiran, is uh, the thing is 20 years of journey of Salesforce. It, we are a 1999 company, took birth in uh, internet age, uh, did a fair bit of business model innovation. Uh, uh, firstly, the software as a service delivery. The, uh, secondly, uh, you know, the whole subscription model of, uh, you know, uh, pay-per-use kind of a subscription model uh, kind of offering. But what is central that while we began as a CRM company, a sales automation as a CRM company, uh, over a period of 20 years, uh, we have extremely matured ourselves to be a stakeholder experience platform. And what is the central thread, thread around is, is uh, when we were doing the data conversation or a hyper-personalization conversation, that if I know more about you, I can do more. Uh, I can serve better and do more. So as a bank, if banks uh, know more about their customers, uh, they can do more for them. Uh, and that's the piece that we've been able to deliver uh, extremely smartly. Uh, Kiran, if you could bring the last evolution uh, chart that we had put together for the audience uh, to convey that uh, that piece of thought of our evolution. Uh, all of you use uh, uh, phones and smartphones, and we have, for example, uh, if I were to take a similar example of an iOS versus your own apps, uh, Salesforce upgrades itself without disrupting uh, its customers' apps or outcomes uh, three times a year. We've done since 1999 uh, uh, 53 major releases. Uh, we do an automatic upgrade grade uh, we have uh, we are pretty much an open and extensible platform and uh, some of the central themes that we are able to put into the platform itself is uh, sophistication around voice and vision and ai running underneath uh, what i mean by that is for example here is a lending customer of mine and i'm using their app and i go to rudra's house and uh, Rudra's house, I find uh, a nice uh, refrigerator that perhaps I want to I order. Uh, 
I can pick up uh, that app and actually click a picture in the app. And by the time I'm actually out of the house, uh, the uh, loan for me is underwritten. The place where this refrigerator will be available in the nearest chroma store based on my location of the house etc is is taken care and i can just click whether i want to opt for a uh, you know 36 months installment or a 60 months installment etc and it's kind of delivered on a sunday so uh, a, a vision uh, getting into an automation of a journey uh, a, a picture getting into an automation of a journey um, ai ml uh, being underneath our decisions so if you see the evolution while we started as a company in 19 99 as a sales automation sales cloud company but we kept on adding capabilities over 20 years both organically and inorganically uh, and today we are a platform which can work uh, financial services as a service itself and expose themselves like banking as a service in insurance as a service lending as a service payments as a service uh, expose it to the outside world uh, i mean for example who goes to pay premiums uh, of insurance policies on an insurer site today uh, you go to a perhaps a paytm and pay pay, pay the uh, uh, premium of an insurer uh, same way uh, you may buy distribution uh, of mutual funds or investments from from your bank but all that is on an experience glass uh, that is what we are able to do with the central thought of for example a sales a service and a marketing all of these uh, related data lying in a common platform and while technology can stitch anything with anything uh, in the olden world the differentiation part of the question that you asked is uh, whether it's a you know pre sales journey in marketing or a post sales journey in service if it is all lying into salesforce salesforce knows much more about the customer and hence our ability our customer's ability to do uh, for their consumers is far far higher and as a central thought of a business outcome uh, we've been able to change a uh, floor per day of the business for some of our customers it's not so much uh, just the automating of a process but Uh, we have been able to cause a multiplier effect a 10x effect of uh, you know uh, with same set of resources and people and branches and, uh, operations can we scale that business to 10x of uh, uh, of the level is uh, the sense of those innovative outcomes we have been able to deliver and that's what i would say is different about it we we're really not just a crm system we are a stakeholder experience platform today wonderful thank you thank you vikrant thank you kiran uh, we have a few more questions coming in uh, so i will uh, maybe take two more uh, if that is uh, fine with our uh, panelists today um yeah so so uh, so is there scope for cooperative banks uh, to digitize and offer localized value um using uh, fintech or does uh, or does big bank and big tech rule the day so this is a very interesting question <laughs> I, I quite like it. So, over I don't to... think technology. I don't think technology is the sole preserve of the big and the stable businesses. I think it's about the ability of uh, enterprise, big or small, uh, to consume it. The technology is fairly democratized now, right? Uh, with cloud, we now have uh, consumable technology for specific use cases. uh it can be consumed for the specific business problem that one needs to solve for i think we go back to the two questions that we began asking at the beginning of this uh talk show right uh do they have the mindset where is that mindset 
Number two, uh, do they have innovation in their blood or not? I think once we can solve for those two, uh, we should have the answers that one is seeking. I don't think it's a question of whether it is the label of a cooperative bank, private bank, public sector bank. Uh, it depends on the amount of change that they can consume, the mindset that they carry, and the customer centricity that they are obsessed with. I think once those three are in place, technology can come to the rescue. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, Vikrant, if you would like to add, or uh, I mean, uh, for me, it's an interesting question because cooperative banks uh, offering localized value, we are talking about hyper-personalization today, right? And uh, of course, uh, I mean, this is a country with, with va various different types of customer segments, uh, many nations within one country, some pe that's what some people say. So I think uh, this is completely possible and technology is the leveler to do something like that, right? Vikrant, would you like to add to... Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in uh, in India, we, uh, Salesforce India, have uh, more than 2,000 customers today in all yeah. shapes and sizes. And, and we, we've seen ourselves doing much better in a, in a land and expand form, starting small and growing uh, and helping our customers grow. So we've pretty right. much done a fairly, fairly uh, good uh, commercial business <laughs> in our uh, in our segments to uh, take care of small, medium uh, uh, lens in any sector. So, uh, like Kiran said, technology is a leveler. Entry point and a start point uh, could be different from a customer to customer, and uh, based on the context of, like you said, a cooperative bank versus a mo modern bank. Uh, but it's not a question of size. Wonderful. And the last question for the day, and I will put this up uh, on our screen. So, yeah, I mean, the COVID pandemic. Uh, Pandemic has uh, put a lot of strain on uh, customer experience and support uh, teams across uh, the globe, especially the banking sector, right? I mean, people are not available. It's harder for banks to service customers. Uh, so what should be the long-term and short-term uh, measures that should be taken to deal with this in the coming months? And especially from a people point of view, I think technology can be a solution to a lot of uh, these challenges that we are facing, right, in terms of human capital. The first few weeks of COVID crisis, people struggled with making BCP happen, business continuity planning, making people work from home, work remote, uh, regulatory hurdles, including hardware problems of, uh, you know, people uh, having the setup uh, to operate uh, from wherever they are. That, uh, that said, the next part of the period, we are seeing uh, the same crisis giving birth to opportunities of preparation uh, and uh, how do we reopen better? How do we prepare better for the next uh, theme? So we have seen a couple of themes. Uh, one is a lot of work on uh, on being remote work or remote customer service. The term that we earlier coined as virtual relationship manager, service as a new sales, those kind of initiatives coming to uh, front light. The second, uh, as we started to face Unlock 1.0 and other flavors, uh, we at Salesforce have launched a particular uh, offering in this field called work.com, helping companies and campuses open better, manage their employees better, uh, manage shifts, emergency, social distancing uh, uh, kind, of, uh, kind of things. So I think... Uh, while we innovated in terms of product offerings, uh, uh, customers are innovating uh, in terms of how do they prepare themselves better, making themselves stronger, and push the pedal on digital uh, to prepare for the future. I think that's... Uh, thank you, uh, Vikran. Kiran, you'd like to add to that? 
I'll just paraphrase what Vikrant said. Uh, very simple. Uh, I think he covered it all. But uh, the nomenclature for that in our uh, playbook is the ability to respond to the crisis, which is now behind us. The ability to recover now that we are uh, going back to work. Uh, how do we ha- make that happen for a bank? And the last part is regrow. I think the question from the uh, audience is really around the respond now the recover and the regrow phases the recover is here and now the regrow is a little bit out in the horizon and uh, vikrant's response on work.com is primarily aimed at helping the bank get its employees back on their feet respond to shift issues scheduling issues um, uh, and so on and so forth and uh, the regrow part is where the uh, digital investments have to come alive so now they need a plan in place to to make sure that this orchestration between digital and virtual channels and i'm drawing a distinction now between physical and virtual because the face to face interaction still remains between a banker and the customer but it shifts from the branch to a virtual medium now that orchestration needs to be very seamless and uh, so that the experience is not broken and that you have all of the channels that is required to be at play if another crisis like this plays out it's all good for the customer at the end of the day crisis or no crisis right the customer has to gain and that's the way i think we would like to see the investments uh, flowing through wonderful thank you um so that was the last question for the day uh, this was a very insightful panel and we had some uh, interesting questions um so well we can safely say that there's an urgent need for uh, traditional banks to course correct in order to bring millennials and the gen z into their fold in larger numbers in an industry governed by change uh, probably this is the only way forward for our big banks this brings us to the end of our discussion do leave any further questions uh, in the comments section and we can request our uh, panelists to address these as well thank you vikrant thank you kiran for joining us today and a big thanks to all our audience on social media as well thank you thank you all thank, thank you. you all stay safe stay home thank you bye bye thank you bye this was a live mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hd smartcast i'm any apple and i'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series raising april it's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear Each week we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Bosa, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.